Cool. All right. What's up, everybody? Wait, where's the music? Oh, right. I mean, dude. <laughs> welcome, welcome to an unplugged episode of Pigskins and Peasantry, which is ironic because we're still plugged in with the microphone here. But in terms of in terms of Wi-Fi, we're not plugged into that because we're all in the same room. It's a rare occurrence and it's exciting. So, because uh, somebody has to live in South Carolina, <laughs> someone has to go behind enemy lines. There you go. It's always been me. It's a good weekend for you. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, it's good to be together. You can just feel the uh, the energy emanating in the room here. So we uh, uh, welcome you guys. What's what's up, Jesse? How's it going? I'm living. I'm ready for a week of chaos. I am just manifesting so much chaos magic right now and putting it out in the world. And it's not just you. There's a ton of uh, fandoms out there that are just praying for mass chaos this weekend. So what's up, Matt? How you doing? You know what? Now that you mentioned it, if USC and TCU both lose, no, Ohio State was looking at over Tennessee. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, finally off the boat. Sorry I couldn't be here last week. We went to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was excellent. And I highly recommend there it. There was no pain there. <laughs> no, there was no, Well, there was a little bit of pain when I saw that score of the South Carolina game on Saturday night. But, yeah, there was but, some, but that pain was dulled very quickly. There was some discussion if you uh, had known about the Hendon Hooker injury because you picked the Vols by such a large margin. Granted, looking back, that was a no-brainer. But still, we were like, man, I wonder if Matt... I wonder if he just saw the score and he was like, "No, no forget that was, this." That was that was under the byline. Okay, but we. I was well aware of of that infamous act yeah. and what happened with that. And, yeah. and shout out to Hendon Hooker because that's a terrible way to end your college career. Yeah, it's like the Matt Corral of this season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I don't think that's ACL is quite as bad as what Corral had. No, him, but not great. Bad one. But anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into those games from last week. Um, Just remember, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> I love it. Uh, by the way, this segment's brought to you by uh, Boylan Bottling Company. It's good stuff. Grape soda. Fantastic. I say, you know, the, the grape, yes. <laughs> uh, I believe I've had the uh, root beer, and uh, that is also delicious. So it's just throwing it out there. Uh, by the way, we are uh, coming to you live from the uh, palatial studios of Between Friends Coffee Shop and Cafe. So uh, enjoy the aesthetic. We got the cr- uh, Christmas tree in the background here. All that good stuff. So, but it's not Christmas till tomorrow. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're getting close. Yeah, I mean it's after Thanksgiving. That's not, it'll not come out. Less. It'll come out. All, when it's Christmas. Listen, I've already off. heard Mariah like nine times just on the car ride over here. We don't need to get into that. Yet. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that she makes two and a half million dollars a year. Oh, I hate that, that so much. And that song alone has made her like seventy-two million dollars. Oh, that's so awful. One song. Hey, maybe she can afford Jimbo's buyout. <laughs> there you go, A and M. Close. Call Mariah. <laughs> well, as I say, with everything else figured, in, definitely. Is she an A and M booster? I bet <laughs> she could be. She she could pay with Don't almost that, just that one song. So, uh, anyway, so let's talk about Mississippi State at Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl, um, and uh, Mississippi State won this one, twenty-four to twenty-two, close one. Uh, I was the only one to pick Mississippi State, so woohoo! Um, <clears throat> State started this one strong. Early on with a convincing touchdown drive, and I thought they might kind of uh, maybe not run away with it, but at least kind of have command of the game. And then Ole Miss took back uh, momentum, leading 16 to 14 until the fourth quarter when Mississippi State kicked a field goal uh, to go up 17 14. Then Will Rogers uh, found Ra Ra Thomas, it's a great name by the way, uh, wide open in the end zone on a blown coverage by Ole Miss going up 24 16. Uh, after a controversial backwards pass recovered by State, they had a chance to put the game away. But Will Rogers fumbled, recovered by Ole Miss on their own one-yard line. I mean, just the back and forth is just insane in this one. It's nuts. Then Ole Miss marched down for their longest drive of the season, scoring a touchdown to make it 24-22. Uh, 
uh, and then on their two-point attempt, they tried to shovel pass to tie it up, and uh, it was broken up. Uh, State read it perfectly, so uh, onside kick was co- uh, recovered by State, putting the game away. So, uh, Jesse, what are your takeaways from the Egg Bowl? I think the first one is coaching. That's my biggest takeaway is first, coaching aided the loss and the win. You have, you know, Coach Leach, who I think he outcoached Lane Kiffin. I really do. I think Ole Miss, um, and this is on the coordinators as well, they didn't make defensive adjustments very what, very much in the second half. And I think Lane made some questionable calls. You just mentioned that two-point conversion. He wasted two timeouts on that. I see, yeah. I and, was, wow. And then the, you knew they knew what was going to happen. It was the dumbest call I've seen. Um, and it was after such an impressive touchdown drive. Right. And it, that's, that's where they lost. Um, he did not manage his timeouts well, and he managed that you know that drive well, that timing of that, and then it was it was all over after that. Um, and then they had to do the onside kick, and that lost their chance of staying in the game. So to me, I think Coach Kiffin was wildly outcoached by Coach Leach, um, which this season we have not been able to say that mm. very much at all. Yeah. And then despite the fact that they won. Will Rogers struggled. You mentioned his fumbles. He was bullied in the pocket consistently. It's like he wasn't able to maneuver around trouble. He fumbled three times, losing two of them, including fumbling the ball away on second and goal. By the way, his QB rating was 27.8. Oh, gosh. Oh. When the passing game didn't work, the run game was even worse. Mm -hmm. His run game. Rushing for negative 37 yards and an average of negative 4.6 yards per game. So he finished uh, game passing for 27 of 39 for 239 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. 239 yards, sounds like a lot, but for Will Rogers, it's really not that much. Yeah. Matt, your takeaways. The big thing for me is is I was not anticipating Ole Miss to find a way to lose this game, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Let's take a look at the last couple weeks for uh, Ole Miss, kind of going into the end of the season. You have them going undefeated all the way through. They got wins over Kentucky, which was a top ten team, top ten team at the time. Wins over Auburn and Vanderbilt, and then they lose at LSU. They beat Texas A&M barely. They get beat by Bama. They lose to Ar- at Arkansas by two scores. Um, well, by some. Not exactly two scores. Then they lose this game. They it kind of a slide into the end of the season, which if you had told me at the beginning of the season that they were going to go 8-4, and four, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Mm-hmm. I was anticipating at least nine wins, if not ten. We were talking about how they could get into the the, the West. They could yeah. win the West and make yeah. it to the championship. Yeah, I think that we legitimately thought that that, that crew was going to do that this year, and that just wasn't in the cards. And, you know, kudos to Mississippi State for continuing to fight in this game. They turned the ball over three times, um, and – you know, and they still find a way to win. They're, they had six penalties for 47 yards, which isn't a lot, but you still had more penalties than Ole Miss. Um, and it's just a situation where I think Jesse's right. <laughs> uh, Kiffin got out coached. Yeah, yeah, no doubt there. I think, um, you know, first of all, my thoughts are like, what an egg bowl, right? It's, it's uh, fun to watch. It's always a good game. It, it really does is. not matter what the records. It's like any other any of the other big rivalries in the SEC, but it seems like every year that game consistently delivers. 
Yeah, and especially it seems uh, since uh, Kiffin and Leach have been coached there. I mean, it's, it's been exciting before that, but they just sort of kicked it to the next level. Lane's kid on the sideline yeah. with a fire <laughs> extinguisher. Yes. I missed that. What was that? He just, he just had a fire extinguisher, and they like scored, and he's just like... Yeah, and didn't, totally he, and didn't he get like a signed jersey he from... He got Will Rogers', Will Rogers towel. Yeah. He DM'd yeah. him on Instagram prior to the game <laughs> and asked if he could have his game towel. Will Rogers said yes. Why, yeah. And then afterwards, Will Rogers found him on the field and handed him his game towel. Why he wanted it, <laughs> I don't know. He probably like wants to sell it on eBay. Right. But yeah. he got it. Exactly. I mean, Precious. that makes sense. Have you seen what those, they're charging for the season pass on Fortnite right now? <laughs> <laughs> you got to find some cash, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, for Ole Miss, just we've talked about their inconsistencies all year, and these just really kind of showed up here as well. And you know, uh, on one hand, they're doing great, and then all of a sudden, they just kind of stumble. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, my final takeaway is huge win for State and Mike Leach. I mean, you know, uh, hats off to them. Great game. Uh, and ultimately uh, victorious and, and standing up tall at the end of uh, the defense uh, doing what they needed to do to stop them from getting in to tie the game. So um, let's go ahead and move to uh, Arkansas at Mizzou, the battle line rivalry. Mizzou winning this one 29-27. Matt's thrilled about this one. Actually, you, you got the point, so there no, you go. I did, but I, was wanted to be, I wanted to be wrong. I wanted to be so wrong. This one was like back and forth from the start. Arkansas led 21-20 to at the half, and then Mizzou – uh, kind of kicked it into gear in the second half. Their okay defense mm -hmm. uh, held Rocket Sanders to only 47 yards on the ground and a touchdown, <clears throat> which if, if you've followed Rocket Sanders at all this year, that's an achievement. Um, <clears throat> and they even intercepted K.J. Jefferson. So on the other side, a uh, massive game for Brady Cook, uh, mm -hmm. throwing for 242 yards and a touchdown, also rushing for 138 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Arkansas had a chance to take the lead near the end when it was 29-24 with a first and goal from Mizzou's two-yard line. But the defense, uh, that okay defense again, stood up uh, more than okay in this one and kept them out of the end zone, uh, forcing Pittman to settle for the field goal, which uh, ultimately was a difference in this one. So uh, what are you guys' takeaways, y'all just whoever jump in? I'm gonna let you take this one. I know you're emotionally I really, invested. I really, I, listen. I I try so hard to be unbiased. I really do. But Drinky getting a bowl game just upsets me, and I don't <laughs> and know. And Arkansas kind of. And the and, yeah. getting and just uh, what happened to Arky? What happened to Arky? We were sitting in the top ten for a minute there, mm -hmm. and then yep. just pff, another nose, just somebody poisoned the barbecue. I don't Something. get it. I just don't understand it. Um, one of the quotes that I saw when I was reading the recap, because again, I was on a boat on Saturday, so I had to play catch up. Um, Drinkwitz went on after the game and said, "Honestly, I don't give a crap where we play. It's a bowl game. It's a celebration. Wherever our administration thinks is best for us to go, we'll saddle up and go." <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. <laughs> And I just, it bothers me so much. Just the way he talks. Everything he does upsets me. And I know every Missouri fan, all six of you, that are watching this are probably like, Fortune, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're right. I am. But I can't stand this guy. So he what, can do no good in my book. What specifically about what he said irks you? Just the whole gist of it. I don't give a crap. Like, you're, just, you're going to a bowl game when you were lucky that you even got a shot at it. Right. When you weren't. If you didn't win, right? Like, right. everything about that man just upsets me. Anyway, um, getting back to the game, like you said, this was a situation where you know uh, Brady Cook went nuclear, 138 yards on the ground. Um, how many did he get any passes thrown to him? No, he didn't. 
Um, and, you know, he torches that, that defense, which, you know, that defense did pretty good most of the year. Yeah. Except for mm-hmm. a couple things here and there. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sad for Pittman. I, want, I wanted Arkansas to be so much better than they were this year. Right. But I guess kudos to Missouri. And I'm we, so we glad you didn't film. watch the game because his celebration afterwards, as I was watching it, I was like, Matt's going to hate this. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Just looking Matt, it up it's, just, it's just the way he celebrates. Um, yeah, my things were defense is still okay. They're, they stepped up in the second half against Arkansas, giving up just two field goals. KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, they usually can break away for some big plays, but Mizzou held strong on defense. And uh, Brady Cook was okay. He, we just talked about it. He had great stats. Um, and I don't know where this has been the rest of the year, but they pulled it out. They got the the win to get them to a bowl game or to be bowl eligible. So we'll see what happens and who they get paired up with. But this one was another close one. It's like we go from the Egg Bowl to this game, and they were all so close. And I think we'll probably continue to talk about it, even when it comes to out-of-conference games. We, I watched the uh, UNC NC State game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Everything was- just, like, came down to the last – you know, couple plays, everything was so close. This was a really exciting, you know, rivalry weekend. Right. Uh, and uh, unfortunately <clears throat> for Sam Pittman, they lost. But they are also going to a bowl game, so it's okay. Yeah, so they're both doing that. So this is, uh, you know, that game, it's on a Friday after Thanksgiving. You got kind of like the, the food coma going on. You're just sort of hanging out. Uh, but, uh, you know, football's on, so life is good. But, yeah, too many mistakes by Arkansas, who also seemed to uh, get dominated on the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, they just really couldn't control that. And as we know, Arkansas wants to do that. Um, Sam Pittman, being a former O-line coach, uh, wants to dominate that aspect of the game, and they just couldn't. Um, uh, both of these teams, as you said, going bowling with a 6-6 six and six record, um, you know, it's a bowl mm-hmm. game. And then Drinky said, and Matt, I know you'll love this, we, we wanted it so bad. We, we tried not to make it bigger than it was, but we were playing for more. So, uh, Are you triggered? I'm a little triggered. I love it when people say we wanted it so bad, as if like <laughs> the other team didn't want it. They didn't want, want it. it. Um, which I, I might be able to, mm. to get behind a little bit because they are playing for a bowl game. Arkansas already has the bowl game sewn up and, you know, whatever. I, I get it. It's kind of bragging rights or whatever. That's the only way I can buy into that statement a little bit, but anyway. By the way, um, can we take a minute to talk about K.J. Jefferson? Um, yeah. You know, K.J. Jefferson's going into senior year next year, and the last two seasons, he's had really good seasons. Um, thrown for 22 touchdowns this year, only four interceptions. He's thrown over 2,300 yards. Yeah. When they hired Pittman, we were all like, why are you hiring an O-line coach? Like, that makes no sense. But he's done pretty good with KJ. I feel mm. like that he's developed into it, and that's kudos to the position coaches that they have at Arkansas. So, yeah. um, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next year. See how he progresses as well. By the way, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at his picture on ESPN. He looks like he's 42. Yes, he does. <laughs> look, look, he, yes. look. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, he he's like a he's difference 42. maker. Um, but does he come back? Why wouldn't yeah. he? I don't. There, I don't think there's enough hype out there. For I him. don't. Think By the way, there uh, is. Will Levis a little while ago announced he's already declared, so mm. he's on his way. Interesting. Shame. Bold move. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll discuss. Bold move. Uh, I meant to mention that when we were talking. I mean, earlier, I for KJ, you never know. Some of these quarterbacks that don't get a lot of hype for some reason, NFL coaches can see some promise That's and true. they they pick them up, and it's the 
it's the quarterbacks, at least in my opinion, that I'm not familiar with that go high in the draft and then they start. Yeah. I, I look at Tom Brady. Yeah. He, he nothing. Not a thing coming out of college. Right. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> he played um, at Wyoming. Somebody, um, who else? Somebody else played at some podunk college. I can't remember. Um, if you went to a directional school, a lot of times you're a really good quarterback. True. And right. I know Mahomes. Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio. Yeah. That, Mahomes that went Miami. to Texas Tech, and like I know they have like a decent program, but I had never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jefferson will do well in the NFL. I mean, to me, he's just got he's got poise, he's got toughness. Jesse, you said he's got grit, and uh, I mean that's just something that you really need in the NFL. Um, and especially uh, with roughing the passer, got to be gritty. And he's mobile. And I think that's something in the NFL where everyone is so nervous now to touch the quarterback because you get penalties out the wazoo. So they just kind of pressure. And you got to move. Right. Um, And look at who's at the top of the QB stats right now. Tua. Yep. uh, Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, Not so much this year, but definitely last year. Um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen also, Hurts, they're ten and one for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Like those are all quarterbacks that not only can throw dimes, but they can also scramble and extend plays. Well, that Patrick was Lamar, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Like, all the huge. top quarterbacks are mobile. You yeah. don't see very many sit in the pocket and wait for the play to break down kind of quarterbacks. Anymore. That's yeah. we'll get to Bryce. We'll yeah. get to Bryce. Well, I'll pause. All right. Were you going to put something? You, you put a lot of spaces. I was there. just you making gonna... on the next page. Make my, <laughs> make my anxiety flare up. I got you. I didn't know if you were going to like put a picture there or something. No. Um, he wrote in white text. Yeah, right. by, by the way, I didn't listen to last week's episode. Did you like my notes yeah. about the Tennessee thing? I did. I, I need did to go like... back and listen to hear about your reaction of building those. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Sunshine Showdown in Florida at Florida State. Oh, God. God, help, God help you if you have a list trying to say that. I'm sorry if Sun, you have a list. Sunshine uh, Showdown. Sunshine that should uh, be used as a theater exercise. Right, just getting ready for your Sunshine Showdown. Yeah, that is tough. Uh, <clears throat> Florida State winning this one 45 to 38. Matt getting the point here. Um, so, I mean, the story here was just how much Florida State was able to run all over the Gators. Uh, Trey Benson ran for 111 yards and three touchdowns for FSU. And their quarterback, Jordan Travis, also ran for 83 yards and two touchdowns. Is uh, Florida really had no answer for FSU on the ground. So um, FSU, I mean, if you're looking at the yards, they also gave up a ton of yards. So you have uh, 497 total yards for FSU, 460 for Florida. Uh, but uh, they're still able to hang on for the win. Billy Napier credited Travis's rushing as being the difference in this one, saying uh, he gave us fits all night. What are you guys' takeaways? This was such a good one to watch. Yeah. This was another one. It was like just days it of was. really close, good football. And my goodness, this one being so close. I know the score doesn't look as close overall, but if as you're watching it, it's just going. Well, they started to pop. I mean, yeah. you can look at the score box score it, and see they scored 14 in the fourth quarter. They outscored oh. FSU in that fourth quarter. They almost came back. It yeah. was, I thought they had it. I thought they could do it. And they didn't. <laughs> Um, they continue, the Gators do, with third quarter struggles. We've talked about it throughout the season. Something happens in halftime. When they go in the locker room, something weird happens, and they come out, and the third quarter is just weird vibes, and they can't do anything. They went three and out on the first three drives in the third quarter, and FSU pounced on it, scoring 17 unanswered points and turned you know a 24-21 halftime deficit into 38-24 
going into the fourth quarter. Like Matt mentioned, then the Gators started to get some momentum going. But unfortunately, I think that third quarter struggle is really what, what hurt them. You have to play four quarters. Um, and Richardson was hot and cold. He really was. He made his presence known in that first, you know, first half, first quarter. We're getting it. Um, he's throwing. And, you know, you're like, all right, we got 151 throwing yards, three TDs in the first half. Like, yeah. Um, he even started the game with a backflip in the pregame just to hype it all up. He was in it. I'm just cracking up because literally a third of his completed passes were touchdowns. Yeah. He only completed nine passes. I know. Three and of it's them were like, touchdowns. It's, I, I don't know. When know. you've got the two running backs getting 17 carries yep. and averaging right. over 10 guards a carry, you right. know, almost. But you mm -hmm. don't have to really worry about throwing the ball. Right. Yeah, It. I don't know. There were there were some drops by receivers, and um, I don't know. It just felt like, like he was too hot and cold, especially, like I said, in the third quarter. And he has to be on at all times, especially when you're playing – a rival school it's a loud stadium they were going insane in Tallahassee and I don't know I know Richardson is uh draft eligible and um been talking about it I uh I don't think that's a good idea no, and I he agree. didn't There's ask a little bit me, more development but I don't think it's a good idea yeah that, that inconsistency could become a problem if he decides mm -hmm. to go up the next round. Like, I almost feel like if you decide to go up and you're already that inconsistent at the collegiate level, and granted, you're playing the SEC. It's not exactly the easiest conference on the planet. But you're still going to run into, like, cream of the crop defenses in the NFL that are going to pick you apart. Like, I just don't see how you can justify it, how coming out early when you don't really have to yet. Will Levis! <coughs> um, so, just understand, I, I, this warms the cockles of my heart, not <laughs> once because I hate Florida with the passion of a thousand suns, um, but also because it makes me feel good to see FSU kind of back on the up and up. Um, this is a program that historically, in the last, you know, what, five, ten years has been kind of meh, mm -hmm. kind of that old Tennessee trajectory, same kind of situation. They get to nine wins. Their three losses are all to Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State. They were all top 25 teams when they played them. Mm -hmm. And they were competitive in all three of those games. So kudos to the new coaching staff at FSU. They've done a pretty good job of getting them ready. As far as Florida goes, we're still needing to figure a couple things out. Um, six and six. Oh, I mean, you're in a bowl. I, I don't know if Napier's going to hang his hat on the fact they got bowl eligible in his first season. Yeah. Um, I still stand by my statement. I think he's Butch Jones version 2.0, oh. and I will stand by that statement mm. until I'm proven otherwise. But then again, I really shouldn't talk crap about anybody after what Spencer Rattler did in Tennessee a couple weeks ago. Oh. Um, but, you know, I digress. I, this, is, uh, this is a tough loss for the Gators. It's going to be interesting to see who they match up with in the bowl games. That's my This next weekend is my favorite yes. weekend of football because there's conference championships – then we get to find out what the CFP is going to look like when Alabama finds a way to sneak in. <laughs> and then uh, also, uh, you're going to end up in a situation where you know where everybody's going right. over the holidays. So it's fantastic. It's the best time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It really it keeps is. on giving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to me, you know, you talked about the, the craziness of the game, but the ending drive for oh Florida was just insane. Oh. <clears throat> so really, they probably shouldn't have been uh, – in that position, they had a drive. The, the drive was extended on a fairly weak pass interference. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. Uh, and then uh, on fourth down, 
uh, on the fourth down play that ended their chances, the refs just missed like a clear face mask. Oh my God, it was so on bad. Richardson. I missed it. It was so bad. It was, it was. And it was like this running. Egregious is the one uh, that happened with the kids. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad, but he clearly grasped the face mask, and it wasn't just like an incidental. He like pulled on it. I don't know how they missed those. The only thing I I can think was the judge was behind him, and so the face mask is like this, and maybe maybe he he grabbed it like this, and he just couldn't see. I don't. But you'd think if everybody out on that field, all of them missed that. I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, So anyway, that was. uh, my really only takeaway because we've already talked about all the other stuff but uh it was just wild a wild ending another good one to watch if you're not a fan of either school yes so yeah, i really w- really wish i could have had a chance to watch that game and it stayed up past my time. bedtime to watch it <laughs> oh is it a late kickoff yeah, oh. yeah. that's interesting because i mean that's an east coast team you figured they would play a little earlier but i guess they want to give Florida State crowd plenty of time to get some social lubricant in. <laughs> I also, you know, I'm like 85. And I want to go to bed by 1030. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, all right, then uh, next is Georgia Tech at Georgia. Clean, old-fashioned hate. Georgia winning this one 37-14. Jesse got the point in this one. Um, slow start for the dogs um, as the Georgia Tech under interim head coach Brent Key became the first team to score a first-quarter touchdown against Georgia all season. So all of us Georgia fans are looking around going – what the heck's going on? Uh, Georgia led only 10 to 7 at half, but then second half, they really poured it on, uh, starting to uh, impose their will at the line, scored 27 second half points to make it 37 to 7, and then Tech scored with just under three minutes to go to make it 37 14, which was the final score. You guys have any thoughts, takeaways on clean I'm Not even a Tech fan, and they managed somehow to crush me. <laughs> I had hope. For you one drive. Really, you legit thought that Tech was going to find a way to pull that there off. There was one drive, and the fact that Missouri almost had UGA's number, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, South a cellar dweller in the ACC is going to find Carolina a way to pull off Georgia. had no. given me hope the week before. Yeah, they did. I was on it, and then after the first drive, it just... That's the sound of her expectations exploding. Yep. Yeah. Um... I need Wes. While I got you here, yeah, I need you to explain to me why in the world Georgia keeps coming out flat. They, they did it against Missouri. They did it against uh, was it Carolina? That, no, it wasn't Carolina. It was uh, well, it was Georgia Tech. So yeah. there's so there's there's Tech. There's Missouri. There was another game where they came out flat in the first half. I um, can't remember who it Kent was. State. Kent, Kent State. Kent State. Oh, I forgot about the the, the, the what are they the uh, the infamous the, Kent State. Yeah, they're what's their mascot. It's a lightning bolt, isn't it? I don't remember. Uh, flashes, that's what they are. Flashes. Um, little piece of minutiae. So, so, Wes, I need Flash you to... Flash ex- the golden eagle. Yes. So, Wes, I need you to explain to me, uh, in, explain it to me like I'm five, to quote Michael Scott. Okay. How old does UGA <laughs> keep coming out flat? <laughs> explain it to me like I'm Why does this um, keep happening? Um, so, uh, Georgia be uh, national champions. <laughs> <laughs> and... Georgia no have evening game at home. <laughs> they get an evening game here either. <laughs> no, I, it ticks me off. No, I'm not saying that's why they struggled, but it's a noon kickoff. Yeah, against, okay. Like you said, a seller dwell. I get it's your rival, but you just expect to beat Tech right now at this point in both programs. Um, I, I don't know if that's why. Um, I mean, obviously they did much better in the second half. Uh, I, to me, it's it's nice when you can have a win, but it still leaves you wanting more. Um, I think that's kind of what this game did. Uh, hopefully, it makes the team want to work on things heading into the SEC championship. Obviously, 
uh, it appears as if both teams have things to work on uh, going into the SEC championship. But uh, when asked about an undefeated regular season, Stetson Bennett said it, it is special. Uh, but we didn't enter this season trying to go 12 and 0. We want to go 15 and 0. So I, I like that attitude from my quarterback. Um, that's my quarterback. Um, game but, manager. Uh, huh? Game manager. Yeah, total okay. game manager. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's not exactly impressive, but uh, they did what they needed to do, and, and we'll, we'll see what happens next week. So, speaking of, I do want to take a second to talk about Stetson Bennett. Yes, sir. When you look at <clears throat> Bennett's numbers in this game. 10 for 18 for 140 yards and two TDs. That is not lighting up any scoreboard. That is not putting you in the mix for the Heisman. That is not doing anything. And I think that's been kind of the motif for Bennett going through the season. And granted, the running game is going to be where the bread and butter is for UGA. Mm -hmm. But my question is, is Bennett better than we're seeing and we're just not using him that way? Or is this just the best we can expect? Well, I think it's also game plan. If you look, he only threw the ball 18 times. Yeah. It's not like they're turning him loose and letting him you know, throw it all over the field. Uh, I think that that was part of the game plan in this one. And it's, it seems like a couple of the games to close the season, it, it seems as if they've kind of had that strategy. Um, I don't know if there's anything to, you know, not opening up your playbook too much. You don't want to show everybody what you got, um, especially if you can. If you can win on the ground, why not? Um, so I just know that I've heard, I've seen people whining about Bennett not being yeah. elite. No, and I, I say, I say, keep it coming because that just fuels him. And it seems like anytime people do that, he always comes out better. He reminds me of AJ McCarron. Yeah, that's kind of where I, I was trying to remember the name of that band yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he's that, very AJ McCarron asked to me. I mean, and AJ had natties. There's nothing. Two of them, right? Yeah, he was great. He yeah. did exactly what the playbook called for. He was successful at it. He managed the game. He was intelligent when it came to the game, but it didn't transfer well to the NFL. I believe he is playing. He just got the starting job yeah. for. X it's an XFL, XFL, right? The, yeah. the, um, the oh, reboot. Yeah, yeah, they're rebooting yeah, they, that. They yeah, they're re everybody. rebooting that. Yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. He sat on the bench for a couple seasons at. He got paid. The Bengals. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more mobile too, because uh, I don't remember AJ being that mobile, was he? He wasn't. Yeah. No, he wasn't. And <clears> I mean, but we were run heavy at that time too. All he had to do was no, hand it to Trent Richardson. That was Trent Richardson. That's what I remember. Right. Yeah. Trent Richardson was a bad Run the ball player. 35 times a game. And just, yeah. <laughs> just got 315 yards yeah. on the ground. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about South Carolina at Clemson, <gasps> the Battle of the Palmetto State. Uh, South Carolina winning this one 31 to 30. Uh, I was the only one to pick South Carolina. You know, uh, truth be told, it's kind of like law of averages, right? If I pick them every year, eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. And it happened. It happened. <laughs> Finally <laughs> happened. Because I did pick them last year, and I think they lost like 30, 30 to 0 or something the like that. Clemson were I could feel the salt yeah. from across states. I'm just saying they were unhappy. Well, I mean, things didn't exactly look promising what? for Carolina. And this one, as they started the game, being down 14-0 to zero, uh, after the end of the first quarter, uh, Clemson led 23-14 at half. But it's like, you know, South Carolina just wouldn't go away. Uh, Rattler continued uh, racking up the yards, throwing for 360 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he did have, um, I'm sorry, two touchdowns. He did have two picks as well. Um, but uh, he got a uh, score on the ground as well. Uh, Clemson still led 30-28 to 28 in the fourth quarter when Mitch Jeter kicked a 35-yard field goal to finally give South Carolina the lead, 31-30, almost 11 minutes to go. That was enough because nobody scored after that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've heard this one called from, a, I guess, a Clemson fan's uh, standpoint. It's been called the disaster at the pasture. <laughs> anyway. Oh <my> <laughs> That's amazing. What do you, what do you guys... <laughs> 
What are you guys' thoughts on this one? I'm writing that down. First off, first off, someone's gonna have to explain to me. Yeah. Again, like I'm a five-year-old. Where in the hell this Carolina team has been for the last I don't know uh, twelve games? Because all of a sudden they absolutely nuke Tennessee, and then you come out and you beat uh, a decent Clemson team. Big rival. Just, just. Where has this been? Where have these guys been? I don't understand. Did they go in the back and get Michael Jordan special, special stuff? Like, is that what they did? Because it, it, it's just it's mind-numbing. Because think about it. Beamer could technically, if things had bounced the right way, he could probably be looking at 10-2 and two this season. Potentially, yeah. And that's just makes my head hurt. So friggin' much. Beamer he ball, believed man. in them. If I hear somebody say Beamer Ball one more frackin' time, I'm gonna go crazy. He believed in them, but it took a while for them to believe in themselves. Well, it yes. took them. They figured it out, I guess. <laughs> but now they're sitting at eight wins. If yeah. you told it's me wild. Carolina would have had eight wins going into the end of the season, this? I told you there's no chance. Well, we'll get into rankings later. But yeah, I think this is the highest they've ever been in CF, since the CFP. Oh, for sure. As as Absolutely. Guess, so. Spencer Rattler did what everyone was hoping from a Carolina perspective that he would do. I mean, he won a Big 12 title his first year at Oklahoma, and they were hoping that that sort of moxie and excitement and talent was coming to Columbia, and we didn't see it, and we didn't see it, and then all of a sudden, we saw it, and it was like, all right, can he still do it, though? I think he did it in this game. Um, It was an encore to his performance against Tennessee. He threw for 438 yards and six touchdowns against Tennessee, and then threw for nearly 300 yards and two touchdowns against Clemson. And they needed every bit of those yards. They needed all the help they could get Mm -hmm. um, because they could not run the ball at all. And um, they just had 54 yards on the ground. Yeah, their longest run of the game was 15 yards. Yeah, but he he showed leadership in this game and moxie. And I think as a Carolina fan, you've got to be excited about that and hope he keeps it up as you go into a bowl game. And as far as Beamer goes, he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, I think there were a lot of people that thought the hire was weird and it wasn't going to work, but he's delivered on his first two seasons at least – up to expectations, if not slightly more. Um, he got them to a bowl game last season with like spit, paper clips, duct tape, and, all of it. And Duke's Mayo. It, with, uh, yeah, and Duke's oh, Mayo keeping his quarterback. I can't hear Duke's Mayo without of that guy eating mayonnaise straight from the jaw <laughs> all over his face. Oh, it's gross. Um, but, and, he, and they didn't have a quarterback last year. And so this year they've gotten Rattler, they're solidifying things. And he just won the two most important games this season against Tennessee and Clemson. So this is their first win for the Gamecocks in the Palmetto Bowl since 2013. And um, an opportunity to win nine games for the first time since 2017, if they win their bowl game. Um, I would like to go on record, and I'll look straight into the camera here, because I would like to talk to Mr. Rattler. Mr. Rattler, I will uh, take back and retract every awful thing I ever said about you, sir. Um, Because apparently I'm an idiot. And have talked so much garbage the entire season. And then you nuke Tennessee, and then you do this to Clemson. And I apparently don't know football. So he I'm took gonna, it personal. He, he did. And he took it very personal. Well, Matt, you read my mind because I was just about to say, I don't like to call people out, but you specifically addressed. <laughs> no, listen. Yeah. I will be the first to that I have trashed Spencer Rattler <laughs> up and down the podcast all bloody year. And I stand by what I said, and it was wrong. Apparently. It It is bizarre though it's like you said like the the special sauce or something like where has this been 
and he just, uh, you know, totally, you know, goes insane against Tennessee to the point where I'm watching this game where I'm like, is this real life? <laughs> it's like every, every, every pass into like a little tight window here or there was just like, like right on there. You know, they had 10 drives <clears throat> in that game. 10. Yeah. They scored on nine of them. Yeah. Yeah, we they saw had the, one. They had one three and out so at the beginning of the third quarter, and they, they, they scored the, on every other blade. Drive by drive, yeah. It was, I, it was awful. It was fun. It was um, awful. Yeah. Well, um, so this Carolina team you just mentioned, eight and four, finishing the season beating two top team, t- two top ten teams in a row, uh, breaking a seven game losing streak to Clemson mm-hmm. and a forty game losing streak to them in Death Valley. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was intense. And then they also broke their home, I guess that would be probably home, uh, 40, 40 year, not 40 game. But yeah, because that would be a long time. Either or. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but they also broke Clemson's home record, like undefeated streak, yeah. I think it was. Yep. It? it was like, it was, I think it was yeah. like 40 or they 43 did. games, yeah. something like that. So, I mean, Clemson's got to be <laughs> crowing about this one because that's a big win for Beamer Ball. They were yeah. Carolina, upset. Yeah. yeah. I bet they're salty. Oh, I, you, I bet Tennessee fans were upset the week that Carolina beat them, but I bet that, that you cannot oh, yeah. compare how salty no. Clemson fans are because that took them out of the playoff. That completely killed any chance yes. of them getting in the playoff. Yes. Yep. and Because um, they had, they probably could have had a chance to sneak yeah. in by the slimmest of margins mm-hmm. if uh, a couple people had lost. Right. I wonder if uh, Dabo will go to the transfer portal this year. Um, <laughs> go where? He's, I think he's I'm just, just going to double just, down. It's just funny because he's been so against oh, stuff I like see. that. He's just and like, double down. When they have like a year where they're kind of struggling. I mean, let's be honest. They could have lost a lot more games than these. The True. ones that they lost. I mean, yeah. but now right it gives Carolina an opportunity to maybe recruit some state talent that usually goes to Clemson. Yeah, no doubt. Not to mention this is going to help their profile when bowls go around. Oh, absolutely. Because on the hot streak they're on right now, everybody and their mother is going to want to put them in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. I bet you when I go back home, I always see just like Clemson stuff. You never see, see any Carolina, Carolina stuff. stuff. It's going to start popping up. Well, I think they're going to need to sustain a little bit more success before they get that gun. Well, I mean, they went they went to and won their bowl game last year. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. All right, let's let's move to Louisville at Kentucky, the Governor's Cup. UK winning this one, twenty six to thirteen. Uh, I was the only one to pick Kentucky. Uh, D- Kentucky's defense uh, forced a turnover from both of the Cardinal quarterbacks that played in this game, uh, turning those into ten points. Uh, those turnovers into ten points. Uh, Will Levis also took care of the ball, uh, only passing for one hundred eighty eight yards, but he did have two touchdowns and no interceptions. Importantly, uh, Chris Rodriguez got back to doing what we we're kind of used to seeing him do. Uh, rushing for 120 yards on 24 carries. So uh, ultimately, Louisville not able to really get anything going, anything of substance going. Uh, and Kentucky uh, controlled the time of possession uh, as they are wont to do. So uh, what are you guys, what are you guys thoughts on this one? I mean, this is a good win for Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's kind of had an up and down year. They were really, I think they were high as what, seventh or eighth? They were yeah. top ten for a couple they weeks. They were up there, yeah. And then, you know, they get beat by a couple teams and then they drop out of the top 25. They Get a win over a top 25 Louisville team, um, which is a good thing. Chris Rodriguez looks good. Uh, Levis had a decent day. So, I mean, you really can't complain too much about this as a, ten- as a Tennessee fan, as a Kentucky fan. Um, and, again, this gives them a little bit more mo- momentum going into mm-hmm. the bowl season. Uh, and, I, you know, we have to wonder what it's going to look like because, like we said earlier, Will Levis has already declared he's going to the draft. The question is, does he play, does he play? in the bowl game? Because right. we know in the past, we've seen people when they declare for the draft, they are 
out. Yeah, right. Except for Matt Corral. Except for Matt Corral. And we saw how that worked out. And that is the poster child That's example of why you sit out a game. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah. know, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, no matter what. Uh, I think Kentucky finally stepped up. It's like, in the past couple games, they've had some rough ones, and they were just not matching their opponent's motivation, it, at least it seemed. And this time, it seemed like they did. I mean, if you think about it, they failed to match their opponent's motivation when South Carolina beat them, um, when uh, Vandy uh, came in there, they, they let them score quite a bit mm. in Vandy terms. Um, and then Louisville comes in and they're determined to snap a three-game losing streak to Kentucky for the Governor's Cup. But instead, they got their fourth straight series loss. And um, Kentucky was able to go in and, and get it done in a time where they really needed it. So they made sure the trophy stays in Lexington. And I know that that is going to help Coach Stoops. Because... Yeah. I, not that they were going to fire him, but this season just did not turn well, out. It's been a disappointment. Yeah, I think everybody just, yeah. was anticipating. You know, it's just like we talked about with Arkansas. It's just like we talked about with Ole Miss. You were expecting more, and you didn't get it. Right. And I think everybody was anticipating Kentucky to be nine wins, maybe ten wins if things go the way they're supposed to. Yeah. And it just didn't pan out this year. Well, certainly what he's built there, I don't think it's a it's a hot seat type. Of of the no, it's barely warm. No, it's uh, barely warm. It's but honestly it's, like as soon as he broke Bear Bryant's record, it's yeah. like things yeah, just went down. <laughs> right, right. That's it's bizarre. Maybe it's a curse. But um, yeah, would be the first bear curse. Anyway, go ahead. Wes. It is. It is one of those things where um, I don't know. It makes you do a double take. Like I said, yeah. not a hot seat year, but you're like, well, that's weird. That's not what we were expecting. So mm -hmm. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back next year. Obviously, they're going to have to do a little bit of reset on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, Levis gone. Levis, listen and change your mind. But I know that's not going to happen. No, I'm sure that everybody's... is a weird decision. I would not. <clears throat> I I get it. You don't want to like risk being hurt in the next season, and you want to just go ahead and get out there. But at the same time, like this season didn't turn out how you wanted it to. And a lot of the press around you or talk around you is not necessarily positive. Right. And I, I thought what we were saying about the transfer, I thought that was perfect I for him. I did too. Um, and it just made sense. And, uh, you know, I know he's a senior. He wants to go ahead and, and come out, but everybody's got that extra year. I'd say you use it, but I don't know. By the way, guys, I just looked it up just for kicks and giggles, but yeah. let's remember where things were. So when Stoops got hired in 2013, uh, that first season with them, they went 2-10. and 10. Next season, five wins. Next season, five wins. Next season, seven wins. Then seven wins. And then 2018 is the breakout where they get to 10, 10. They go 10 and three that year. They win the Citrus Bowl. Uh, the next year, a little bit of a digress, a little bit of a drop again. They go back to eight wins, uh, but it's again still a bowl win. Next year, five wins. And then last year, they got 10 wins and again won the Citrus Bowl. Now, Stoops right now is on a one, two, three, four bowl winning streak. Mm. So, I mean, they don't really have a reason to complain when, mm -hmm. prior to that, Kentucky didn't go to a bowl game since 2010. So right. yeah. it, that that seat has to be not even the slightest bit. No. And if you're a Kentucky fan and you're 
complaining yeah. about how you didn't get 10 wins this season, you need to chill out. Yeah, I think what he's done there, he probably could just stay there as long as he wanted to. Um, I think so. Something bad would have to happen. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, you'd have to have some sort of major like recruiting scandal yeah, or something you know, show up on a press conference with your head like in a neck brace after you wrecked your <laughs> motorcycle or something like that. That doesn't happen. With your mistress on the back of it. Or, yeah. or, or, or call an escort service on your university-sanctioned cell phone. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert! Speaking, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Speaking of Auburn, let's talk about the Iron Bowl. <clears throat> Auburn at Alabama. What was that sound? Oh, oh I, I thought freeze. Okay, no, Iron I, Bowl. I'm happy I, as a I clam. Thought, okay, that sound. I thought you were saying what you weren't happy with. <laughs> no, I'm being happy. Auburn? As a what is clam? that? Bama winning this one, 49-27. Matt gets the point here. Um, I don't really have a whole lot for the summary because Auburn scored first, but that was about all the hope they had. <laughs> it was uh, 34 or 35-14 Bama at half. And uh, they just went on from there. So, uh, what are your what are your takeaways, Jesse? What, I know you have feelings on that. I do have feelings. It was lovely. It was much more relaxing than last year's, which Ooh, they yeah. owed us. Because good lord, hmm. um, Alabama's O line finally did something. So I was happy about that. Uh, it's been a little bit of a weakness, I think, for at least this season. A little bit last season, and Young wasn't sacked a single time. Auburn managed just, you know, three tackles for a loss in the afternoon. So, by comparison, Alabama's been giving up 5.18 tackles for a loss per game. So, a little bit of improvement. Um, it motivates you when you're playing a rival, I think. It also helps that we're playing at home. Uh, our passing game was clicking, which was really nice to see. It was awesome, especially because it's Bryce Young's last home game in Bryant-Denny and potentially his last game wearing an Alabama uniform. So, really nice to see him able to connect with receivers and tight ends. We brought out this little, he wasn't little, sophomore tight end. He was so precious. He ran like he was running through molasses, uh, but he got it done and I haven't seen him. I was very excited. Uh, the crowd at Bryant-Denny made an impact. Auburn was getting several penalties and I think we've seen it throughout the season with Tennessee, with Georgia, now at Alabama. Crowds make a really big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, we also saw it at Kyle Field. So. That was cool to see, and um, we did have a little bit of trouble stopping Auburn's run game. It was like Tank Bigsby was finally getting fed, and, and he was able to run the ball quite well. And then I'm going to say it. Cadillac Williams deserves better than Auburn. Uh, if you are an Auburn fan, I hope you think very fondly when you remember Cadillac Williams's head coach interim stint, but that man is super passionate. He is so invested and I know we're going to get to it in the news but after this game I'm just saying Cadillac Williams deserves better than Auburn. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what, what else I can say uh, about this game aside from you know Bama's doing Bama things they've got two losses both of those losses are by a small 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 each. small margin um, so Bama's a couple bounces away from playing for another national championship and getting in the playoff, which they still potentially could find a way to sneak into. I know. Depending on a couple of different things. I know. Um, but, you know, if this was the last game we get to see, um, you know, Bryce Young in the Iron Bowl, I think this has been a great career for him. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a pretty good, uh, fantastic game. Again, I was looking at the stat line in the box score, and they had one, two, three, Four receivers that had receptions over yeah. 20 yards. So, I mean, big plays were all over the shop. You know, Gibbs had a run of 23. So good. Young had, again, another run of 21. So, 
Uh, again, good game for the offense there. I don't know why people complain about the Alabama offense. Um, but uh, we'll do that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, kudos to Auburn. You know they they tried to hang in there, but again, when you're outclassed and outgunned and outmanned. And every other Hamilton reference I could think of, I was waiting. This is what you end up with. Um, I do want to take a second because I was looking over the team stats. Eleven penalties for Bama. Eleven. I would love to see the stat of how many penalties they have in through all these games because I feel like every time they, we turn around, it's, they're at getting one point penalties. they were near the bottom of the SEC. They had to be yeah. near the bottom of the but country. But I don't know. We were. They're bad. So undisciplined this season, and I'm not sure what the story is there. But again. Still successful, still yeah. ten and two, yeah. still on the verge of getting into the playoff again. Not even winning your division. Um, sixty-six penalties. Alabama sixty-six penalties is the most among the one hundred and thirty-one FBS teams. Actually, pardon, that's not even that's not even right because that's from October. So there's even more. Yeah. Um, in October, we were one hundred and twenty-ninth in penalties. Yeah, that's bad. And again. It's 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 a nitpicky stat. It really doesn't show the whole picture, but it's something that we've talked about all season long. And it reared its head against LSU, and it reared its head against Tennessee. Now, here's the problem: Is it going to rear its head in potentially the playoff slash bowl game for Bama? And I think it could. It absolutely could, because think of how successful we would be if we didn't have them. That's a good point. Yeah, they'd, right. probably, they'd probably be twelve. Like. I mean, how insane Getting would Getting ready to be? play an undefeated game against Georgia. Or unless uh, Alabama is taking a different approach. They're, they're being edgy this year. They're like, we're going to oh, go yeah. against they're the rules. They're playing the heel. Yeah. They're playing that's the that. heel. There there they they do that every year, though. There so that's we go, here. guys. Well, let's stop doing that. <laughs> how about that? Um, I think the other thing to talk about, at least coming out of this game, we talk about Bryce Young, his final game, and Brian Denny. Same with Will Anderson. But we've also had several players enter the transfer portal. Already? following the Iron Bowl. So, uh, Trishon Holden is now the eighth Alabama player. He just declared today that he was going in the transfer portal oh, wow. um, this season. So, he's joining defensive lineman Braylon Ingram, kicker Jack Martin, running back Trey Sanders, defensive back Kyrie Jackson, offensive lineman I'm sorry, Damian did you George. say defensive back? Hold on a second. I got to text Josh. I pulled. Uh, <laughs> offensive lineman Damian George and Tanner Bowles and wide receiver uh, Christian Leary. So, Several players have entered. Holden's probably the name that most people would recognize right, yeah. among Trey Sanders. But um, Holden hasn't done that much this season for Bama. Heard his name called some. But some, yeah. but not as much as you would think. So interesting to see what happens because um, now, obviously, those guys are looking to play somewhere else. And um, I don't know that Bryce Young will play in a bowl game. I, I don't see Will Anderson Ooh. doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Um, oh, I, I would hate. Oh, oh, I see it again. The confliction. I don't. Is that a word? Confliction. I'm conflicted. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that because on, on the one side, it's like Bryce, this is it. Like this is your last time. Right. To wear that you. We're relying on you. And that <laughs> offense is all on your back, Chief. But on the other end, it's I like. Look what happened to Matt Crowell. I get it. Yeah. In, in it's fairness. Hard. Look what happened to, uh, not to was it was it Tua that got his the hip ablation or whatever? That was, was against Mississippi State. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um you know, we we've seen that happen in the past. I know at Georgia, I think it was the Sugar Bowl. We had a bunch mm-hmm. of people sit out and we lost that bowl game oh, because yeah, that's, of, uh, was that against Texas? 
or no, it wasn't Texas. Baylor. Texas didn't make the Super Bowl. Okay. It might have been Baylor. Might've I think been. it was Baylor. Yeah, I don't remember. I tried yeah. to put tried to put that out of my mind because yeah, it was it was bad. Um, it was. Uh, and I did find this stat. So on the year, uh, Bama Bama has a total of ninety eight penalties for eight hundred and forty eight yards. Mm. I'm sorry. Give me that number one more time. Ninety eight. Yeah, it was Baylor, 2020. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, like we said, uh, Auburn on an emotional high, but ultimately not really able to stack up against Bama, at least this year. Um, we'll see in future years. We'll talk more about that. Um, let's talk about LSU at Texas A&M. Nope. A&M winning this one, 38-23. to 23. Matt was actually the only one to uh, pick A&M, got the point in this Listen, one. Listen, I picked him. I didn't want it to happen. This is the only time I wanted it to happen. You, you want to talk about backing into an SEC championship game. Anyway, oh. LSU, they never led in this game. Uh, A&M so led 17-10 at half. Early third quarter, LSU tied it. But a strip sack of Jaden Daniels was returned for a touchdown for A&M to take the lead again. Uh, Devon Chain rushed for 215 yards and two touchdowns. As LSU really just couldn't stop A&M's offense. Um, and that has, has we have not said that all year. Has struggled. <laughs> we have not said that all year. Has struggled all year, and, and we've you know made no bones about that. It did seem like A uh, and M had all the pieces in place, though, as uh, Connor Wigman managed the game well as a quarterback. Yeah. A chain had a great game on the ground, and Moose Muhammad yeah, was able to get back to making sp- uh, spectacular plays. And his one-handed know, catch yeah, was not, beautiful. Uh, not forced to sit out because he was wearing uh, the arm sleeve things. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it was a couple couple weeks ago. He had to sit out because he was wearing sleeves. He said, like all my other teammates are wearing, but for some reason I have to sit out because of it. I have no idea. Maybe There's something weird. Um, yeah, it was it was very Jimbo's strange. Involved. Yeah, it was very sure. strange. Anyway, uh, Jaden Daniels was in a. Uh, Walking, walking boot Monday, uh, but they uh, are optimistic. Uh, I laughed because I put talking boot on here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he was in a walking boot Monday, but they're optimistic he'll be good to go uh, for the SEC championship uh, as his ankle sprain was not a high ankle sprain. LSU uh, will get back into the SEC championship game after uh, they back into the game, like I said earlier, after this inexplicable loss. So what do you guys, where do you begin to summarize this? The only time I was <laughs> Actually pulling for eight. This is it. This is the only time because I needed some chaos to happen. Yeah. I, I didn't think it would happen. I never thought this would happen. But man, boy howdy, did it. Uh, LSU's defense should be embarrassed. Uh, relatively solid defensively all year for the most part. They entered the game having given up just 340.3 yards per game, 20 points per game. Uh, and they had, you know, linebacker stars coming out. But all of a sudden, Texas and Texas A&M comes along, which nobody thought that would matter, except for the Matt. The vaunted A&M offense. Um, that this... was me shooting in the dark, by the way. I want to point that out for the record. I was I was just throwing it out just to see yeah. if it stuck, and boy, it did it. stuck. The most points Texas A&M has scored in any game this year was 31, and it came in week one in their shutout of Sam Houston. Yeah. Texas A&M matched that number with 14 minutes and 54 seconds to play in the fourth quarter of this game. Uh, They came in averaging 355 yards per game and put up 429 against the Tigers. And um, on what planet does this make sense? It doesn't. Apparently Earth. Yeah. Because what? And I think, and LSU's going to get mad at me again, and that's fine. Um... I don't know that LSU could handle the pressure this early. New coach, all of a sudden, 
we're going to the we're we're representing the West. We're doing it. And once they beat Bama, it's like their identity started to change. They clinched the West, but the following week they seem to be a little panicky um, and a little sloppy in a 13 to 10 win over just an average Arkansas. Um, followed up with a win over UAB, but like that doesn't really count. And then against A&M, appeared to be very panicky. And from the moment A-Chain scored to give A&M that 7-0 lead, it was like the pressure just made them crumble. Yeah. They looked a little sloppy and not very inspired. I I just don't know. Um, yeah, I... Hey, um, Jesse, I do want to remind you, you may want to not, may want to tone it down a little bit talking about LSU, because remember what happened last time? You talked all about LSU. I know. And then, I know. And then that, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand. And again, I, like I said, I threw that score out there last week, because one, I was on a boat. I didn't really care. Um, and two, I was just trying to make up some points to catch up with Wes. You did? So the fact that that hit is nuts up. The fact that LSU just came out completely flat. Um, and no movement in the first quarter. You don't end up with them doing anything. Their defense gets embarrassed, like you yeah. were talking about. Um, to what was one of the absolute worst offenses in the SEC this season. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind-numbing. It's mind-numbing. And, and to think about what those poor boys are going to have to try and fight against this weekend in Atlanta, it has to make you be a little bit concerned for everybody's health and well-being. It's not safe. I, uh, I'm not getting ahead of myself on that one. Well, let's remember, this is an LSU team that got boat raced by Tennessee, and then they just got boat raced by A&M. What the hell is going to happen to them when they play Georgia? <laughs> unless unless Georgia comes out slow. Comes out slow. And then we don't know what will I happen. mean, maybe this is the wake-up call they needed. Because they came out, That's it true. seemed like they were playing not to lose instead of playing yeah. to win. And it was a change from that team that was fast and loose playing against Bama that came back from a 17-point deficit at Auburn and nearly came back uh, from 14 down in a fourth quarter against FSU. They, I mean, they were fast. They were they were playing, and this, this game didn't look like that. And they're going to have to get that back. But it just goes to show you can never assume anything in the SEC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something else I want to talk about, too. So we've had the Tennessee-South Carolina game. You've yeah. had this LSU-Texas A&M game. There was another big upset earlier in the season that's not coming to mind. I can't uh, remember. I'm just thinking of Vandy Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt, their two wins. Vanderbilt yeah. and their two things. Like, is this a signal that the parity's getting a little bit closer? Because Bama's looked beatable. Georgia, mm-hmm. at times, has looked beatable. I think. Like, bit. even the top of the conference is not looking 100% yeah. bulletproof like we've seen in the past with LSU in 2019, with Oof. Tennessee, or sorry, not with Tennessee, with Alabama in previous seasons, with Georgia last season. Like, we, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that bulletproof SEC team this year. Yeah. No. Everyone's on the shopping block. Yeah. I mean, Makes me worried about this weekend. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, because do you do you know do you know? Oh my goodness, do you know how much ridiculous crap is going to happen if LSU? And I'm sorry, Wes. It would, by the way, I'm pulling for LSU, so I'm sorry. I am too. I'm so sorry. Um, if LSU finds a way to win that ball game, Georgia's going to slide to four. I already know that's going to happen. But the absolute nutsos. Actually, they may slide further than four. It just depends. It depends. It depends. depends. On how the game? Oh, it depends. It could be something. <laughs> Mike Volts, we just need to see. I, I want to see. 
I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Wes, I'm sorry. You're good. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move to the final game. (laughs) Tennessee at Vanderbilt. No, I I think that's all there is to say. I mean, uh, LSU A&M was just a shock. uh, And uh, another fun one to watch, though. It was it was fun to watch. Um, But uh, Tennessee Vanderbilt, Matt. I'm sorry, I picked Vanderbilt. Um, just I was feeling, you know, you were throwing things out there to see if yeah. they caught. Yeah. I get it. It's, we, time it's that time of year where you just have to, yeah. you can't hold anything back. Why not? <laughs> anyway, Tennessee won this one 56 0. Matt got the point here. Uh, just a big beat down in Nashville. Uh, for Vandy, Mike Wright started the game, and he's been kind of a great story to watch the past few games, but he struggled. So AJ Swan, who's missed a few games with injury, took over in the third, and he honestly didn't fare much better. So on the other side, the balls were fi- firing on all cylinders, obviously, uh, all game. So, um, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on that one? I was just glad Tennessee looked – I think – and I, I've been listening to a couple of Tennessee podcasts this week, and, and they, they're, they've all said the same thing. After the embarrassment that was the Carolina game, this is a team that had to rally and they had to come out strong against Vanderbilt, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, 513 total yards in offense. Joe Milton looks pretty good. Gives us a little bit of a glimpse into what's coming next year. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is exactly what you needed to have happen. Now you're looking at, um, you know, enough wins to where we potentially could get into New York, New York, New Year Six Bowl. Uh, which would definitely help with recruiting, which would help with a whole slew of things. So I think this is exactly what Tennessee needed. Um, again, Tennessee's offense has been very prolific throughout this year. The fact that, um, you know, Jalen Hyatt's not, uh, if, if there's been rumors going around that he's not going to win the Belitnikoff Award, which is just mind-numbing when you think about it. Hannon Hooker should be in New York. He may not win the Heisman, but he should be a finalist this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he won't be because that's the way it works. And the Heisman is stupid! It hasn't mattered since 1998 when Peyton Manning got passed over. I'm still bitter. Um, stupid hunk of metal. Um, and, you know, I think this is a situation where the Tennessee defense got embarrassed last week, and then they come out and pitch a shutout against Vanderbilt, who is not prolific in offense at all, but have found a couple ways to win some ball games. So they're not awful. Uh, they control possession. Yes, so did. for a defense that had to be out there for 43 minutes yep. and 45 seconds, yeah. that's, that's, insane. that's insane. Especially when you look at the score, Tennessee only had the ball for 16 minutes and 15 seconds. And they scored 50 something. It's points. wild. But their defense had to be out there and had to play. And there were a couple plays there where Milton, uh, and again, they, the, the, the detractors in, on ball Twitter like to call him overthrow Joe, which is fair. Aww. Which is fair because Joe does not have a lot of touch on his ball. Uh, and so he did overthrow a couple wide open receivers. There should have been two or three, maybe four potential more scores in this ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Vandy got more first downs, uh, but who needs first downs when you can get touchdowns? So it's <laughs> the only thing that mattered at the end of the day. So I was going to say, I was looking at the time of possession. I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. It's wild. But it kind of It kind of makes sense. It's a, a Tennessee's MO is just score fast. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, their defense, like, can you please just slow down? <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that's that's held Tennessee up this year is that defense has got to play so many more reps as a result of the offense being so fast. And I think that, and that's another thing a lot of people have been talking about. Tennessee has to go into the transfer portal full bore this season. They're going to have to find a couple upperclassmen defensive backs. They're going to have to find some premier linebackers. They're going to have to find a couple of defensive ends. They're going to have to find those guys in order to make that defense a little bit more stout for the campaign next year. The offense is going to be okay. 
Um, we hope. Offense is okay? Offense is okay. Um, but again, if the defense can keep up, it's like we saw with Ole Miss a couple years ago. Their offense was nuts, right. but their defense was like a sieve. Yeah. So right. if Tennessee can find a way to make that connection, it's good times to not on the Rocky Top. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for last week's games. We've got the current pick standings. i got 42. Matt's got 39. Jesse with 18. So <laughs> You'll see this week. I'm just going to get them all. going to get them all. You better not. I'm Any, just throwing stuff out there now. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so let's uh, talk about some news. Here's the news. Um, so Hugh Freeze accepts the head coaching position at Auburn. So a few details about that. Okay. Uh, this is a six-year deal, average of $6.5 million per year. Auburn was actually paying Brian Harson $5.25 million per year, so not not that much more. He's still there. not making anywhere near what the top SEC coaches are making. Right. Harson's buyout was uh, 70%, amounting to around $15.5 million owed at his departure. Uh, they will, awesome. They're still paying off the sweater vest. They will also. That sounds awesome. They will also pay Liberty's buyout of three million dollars, um, and then uh, just some more details about Freeze's contract. His current buyout at Auburn appears to be around about seventy-five percent of the remaining money on his contract. So, um, what are you guys' thoughts on this? It was interesting. I, I put this out there on 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 the Instagram, and uh, we had several reactions. Some of some of them were anywhere from. Uh, expect uh, sanctions. Uh, there's going to be an ESPN 30 for 30 about this. <laughs> um, with some others, some others were were positive. Like you know, the rest of the SEC should be uh, should be scared. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Just I have a lot of feelings. Yeah, I'll let you go first. I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. Um, is this unexpected? No, it is not. We've been waiting for Hugh Freeze to come back to the SEC. We knew it was coming. Uh, but to build on my previous point, Cadillac Williams, I understand, was not a big splash hire. He wouldn't have been. We knew he wasn't going to get the job. However, I think he deserved it. And Hugh Freeze, if I'm Auburn and I'm their boosters, their athletic department, I'm embarrassed by this hire because, I mean, they obviously believe that beating Alabama, which Hugh Freeze has shown at Ole Miss that he could do twice is more important than the uh, morality and the look of your program. Now, I think everybody forgets a lot of what happened with Hugh Freeze. We talk about the escort service on the phone, and it was a misdial, it was a lot of misdials, whatever, right? It's not just that. That's not the only issue with Hugh Freeze. It's the fact that Hugh Freeze and the Ole Miss athletic department kept saying that this was a, the previous coach when there's investigations going on by the NCAA, sanctions are coming. That was because of the previous coach. It's not me. It's not us. Those aren't true. It was mostly him. It was not Coach Nutt. It was mostly him. And he lied straight to players' faces, straight to recruits' faces, their families' faces, and they kept putting misinformation out in the media. That is not somebody that I trust to run a premier SEC program. And yes, maybe he learned from his mistakes. He went to Liberty, maybe he found Jesus. I don't know. But then he gets to Liberty and there is sexual assault allegations against a player. And he decides that it's a good idea to take to Twitter and try to, try to reach out to this sexual assault victim. What about that seems okay? To me, that is, just a blatant disregard for 
for that woman and you know and her feelings and her trauma and a a a disregard for title nine because it's not like he doesn't understand it they know compliance um and i just think that this is not somebody that i would want around a program um it's i think he's gross i really do and clearly auburn has made a statement that beating bama is is all that they really care about at this point because they clearly don't care about building decent young men on this football team and making them good people outside of that locker room. Right. Well, the SEC West is just not – the coaching uh, <laughs> files in, in the SEC West are just not up to Jesse's enough. Jimbo Fisher's out there. Now you've got Hugh Freeze. Uh, she doesn't have anything bad about say about Sam Pittman. And I don't think anybody I don't can think say anything about does. Sam Pittman. I, we all adore happens, Mike Leach. I'll be hurt. When when somebody asks him what he's going to do to celebrate, he's not. I don't know. I'm just. I think I'm going to have me a cold beer. (laughs) (laughs) How can you be mad at a guy like that? Right? Really? really Nothing wrong with Leach. He's lovely. Um, (laughs) He's different. (laughs) And here's the thing. Somebody asked me about Lane. Like, would you? Is he on par with Lane Kiffin? About Lane. No. Lane is a troll. Sure. But Lane is one of those trolls that, first of all, admits to it. All right. It leans into it. It leans into it. And is he a womanizer? Yes. But on all accounts that I've ever seen with my eyes and in the media, all of those women are of age and are consenting adults. Is it weird? Yeah. Is it illegal? No. no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what to make of this. I... I hesitate to say that, you know, obviously, you know, people can change. I get that. Uh, but it sounds like from some of the things that have happened since he left Ole Miss that maybe not a lot has changed. And it's just, you know, obviously I don't know him personally. I, I can't say whether he's changed or not. But uh, it is an interesting hire. Um, I, I do hate that it seems that Cadillac was never considered seriously for this. Well, you, um, but you knew he wasn't going. I, yeah, and, and that's he hasn't but that's, been a coordinator. We talked about that. He hasn't been a coordinator. He hasn't had to run the show. Yeah, like that would have been a feel-good hire. I, I will admit that would have been a great yeah. story. But let's remember, there's a lot of money tied up in this stuff. They were gonna sure. have to get a splash hire. And when Kiffin told them no, they went with the next best option. But they could have taken that money because Cadillac Williams, they're not going to have to pay him $6.5 million. That's He's true. making five hundred k, or he was. So he's making far less yeah. than any SEC coach. And you they're paying a lot that, of money right now. You take <laughs> that, all your boosters, you, you put that into NIL stuff for these kids yeah. coming in or really great coordinators and help foster talent and build around that locker room. I think you get a really good program but they're just being, I think, really impatient. Really impatient. Yeah, and kind of like clearly connected with the players. Yes. They said it themselves that the feeling in the locker room was completely uh, reversed. Uh, it was completely different when he was there uh, versus when Harson was there. And I just, I don't know. It, it is disappointing. I get it. it. Logically, I understand why he wasn't. Yes. But it's a, it's a shame that... We don't even give somebody like that. I say we. You know what I mean? Like just um, the the boosters at Auburn, whoever at Auburn, never gave him a, a clear shot because they, quote unquote, wanted a splash higher. But in in so doing, have you set yourself up for you know other issues? <laughs> you are making a splash in the media. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. I will give you that. 
So, uh, I don't know, let's move from one splash in the media to another. Uh, Lane Kiffin given an extension to Ole Miss. Uh, there are reports that the deal averages around $9 million per year, uh, or in other terms, about 10 Taylor uh, Swift tickets. Um, yes. <clears throat> anyway, for uh, about six years uh, with a rollover option for a seventh season. So, um, deserved, you guys think? After this season, I don't know. But again, this is a case of you know he's got Auburn on this cell phone, yeah. and then he's mm-hmm. got Ole, or he's got Ole Miss on this cell phone, and going like, hey, they gave me this much. You want to give me how much? Yeah, they said this much. You're going to give me an extension? Okay, great. Yeah, right. I can't do it. Thanks. And then that's the end of the conversation. Um, Leveraging. Yeah. Ole Miss is one of those teams that, prior to the success they saw under. Uh, Hugh Freeze and un- under the- and before the success that they had here with Lane Kiffin here as of late, they haven't done a whole lot. Um, they had a little bit of success under um, not Houston Nut. Who was that other guy? They uh, had somebody else back in like the early two thousands when they were they were blazing up the West a little bit mm-hmm. for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. But again, this is this is a coach that has made Ole Miss relevant, um, mm-hmm. especially after all the things that went down with Hugh Freeze. Um, so they were going to have to pay him. It was going to have to happen. Um, you know, a little bit of a disappointing, disappointing thing this season, but I feel like they had to break out the checkbook. And you knew they were going to have to do that. Because yeah. yeah. um, if, if he hadn't have gone to Auburn, you know, there were a couple other big jobs that were out there, I think, too. So they probably would have tried to sneak him away, too. I don't know if Kiffin would have left Ole Miss for, like, Nebraska. but Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it makes sense for him to stay. There was no advantage to going to Auburn. It's a program that needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a booster in athletic department that has no patience, and they've shown that year after year after year, with fire after fire after fire. Yeah. And it, why would I leave an SEC West school that I've made you know, a name for myself there? I've built up a lot of great talent there. I'm getting paid. I still get a chance to play against Alabama and go to SEC Media Days. There's no advantage to going to Auburn for me. Yeah, and Lane hasn't really stuck around anywhere. Either he's left on his own or he's gotten fired. Mm-hmm. Left on the tarmac. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, We'll take him back as the coordinator if he ever wants uh, to come. No, no, I don't need that voodoo. I, I like Lane Kiffin now. I don't want to go back to Haiti. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that he would stay. Uh, I just feel like he's got a good thing going there. Um, you know, like we've said before, they tolerate his shenanigans there. Yeah. Um, and I think the culture just fits. They, they love him. He seems to be, you know, building a good thing now. Did they kind of underperform this year? Probably so. But, you know, I mean, it's just a, a one-year. It could be just a one-year thing. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm glad he stayed. So we'll see what happens with hey that. Guys, I just had a thought. So, what happens, and, for, and God forbid this actually happens, but let's, let's just go ahead and fast forward the tape. Let's say when Texas and Oklahoma in, come in, Texas – continues to do what they've been on the up a little yeah. bit so texas is Oklahoma fine not so oklahoma much. has struggled yeah what happens if after oklahoma gets in the sec they lose most of their games they can their coach and they call up Lane? can yes. you imagine imagine now oklahoma has built-in recruiting They've already got a couple pipelines in a couple different states. That's a team that traditionally always does not have a problem. They've got people. good offense, and he yeah. loves and he good loves offense. offense. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it would. But if it, that's on the table. That's on the table. It's never off the table. I, I think all these things are rolling into play here with uh, the, the teams joining and all this stuff, the playoff expanding. It's just 
buckle up. <laughs> it's going to get nice. It's, it's going to be The chaos magic crazy. has already been unleashed. You know, I can't wait for a 12-team playoff. I'm just throwing stuff for It's going to yes. be great. I'm looking forward to By it. By the way, I do want to point out, I looked up uh, what Lane's, or not Lane's, excuse me, what Hughes' uh, uh, stats were before they all got vacated because of the whole thing. Um, he went... Uh, second season at Ole Miss, he went ten and three, and then he wrapped up. Uh, let's see, that was his best season: ten and three in twenty fifteen, five and seven in twenty sixteen, eight and five in twenty nineteen, ten and one in twenty twenty. Oh no, that was a Liberty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, eh. so when when he was, in, it's a different SEC now than it was in. Well, that's the thing too. Twenty sixteen. People, people talk about his fit in the SEC, and I'm like, the SEC is completely different than it's it was. It's a completely different animal there. now. So, um, and I don't know, I've seen stats uh, comparing his stats in the SEC versus Gus Malzahn. They're very much the same. They are very similar. And so... Well, Gus was was competitive. Gus Gus beat Bama, what, once or twice? Three times, I think. So he beat Bama more than Hugh Hugh Freeze ever did. Yeah, didn't Hugh beat him twice? Twice. When I was there, it was awful. Honestly, that's what kept Gus around, was that he could beat Bama. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I fired him, but you know. Anyway, so, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, let's let's talk about the CFP rankings. Um, uh, by the way, um, as we record, I, for, I forgot to mention this earlier during the Iron Bowl. This is the nine-year anniversary of the Kick Six. Fantastic. Today is as we record. Which, by the way, do you feel old yet? So it's like it's been nine, nine years since the yeah. Kick Six. Wait, been a long before time. we leave news, I feel like we should talk about the Florida thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, about that. I so, it literally. Hold just, on, hold well, on, kids. It didn't hold just on. happen. It just so came out. as of five o'clock when this story broke, um, Florida quarterback uh, Jalen Kitna was arrested at his apartment for two counts of child uh, exploitation material distribution and three counts of ch- possession of child pornography. Yeah, so that's the, Kitna being the backup behind Richardson for most of the season didn't get a lot of action. Um, and if that name sounds familiar... He's also the son of, of John Kitna, who was uh, quarterback for the Bengals, I think it was, think so. in the 90s. I don't yeah. recall. But, um, he's a redshirt freshman, or was. Now he's yeah, an he's inmate. Not, he's but, not. Yeah. He's bye-bye. He's, he's so Florida struggled with uh, with the quarterbacks lately. They also had to rescind a uh, scholarship from a uh, quarterback that they recently uh, had... had uh, given a scholarship to because of uh, materials found online of them rapping and, and saying slurs and things like that. So they're, they're just having a rough time with quarterbacks right now. So uh, anyway, um, so we do actually have one more thing before we get out of news, and that's the CFP rankings, which came out yesterday as we record. Um, so the CFP rankings, as they run right before championship Saturday, is number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, TCU, number four, USC, number five, Ohio State. Number six, Alabama. Number seven, Tennessee. Number eight, Penn State. Number nine, Clemson. Number 10, Kansas State. And then SEC teams rounding out the top 25. Number 14, LSU. Number 19, South Carolina. And number 24, Mississippi State. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Did they get it right? Okay. I don't know. All right. So here's what here's my problems. Okay. okay. <laughs> Michigan absolutely boat raced Ohio State. Yes. Boat raced. Yeah. Georgia did. struggled through most of the first quarter. I mean, they came out flat. We've said that. Or first half, excuse me. They came out flat. I know that we're all gung-ho 
as crazy to make the defending national champion if they're undefeated to put them at one. I think Michigan needed to be one. I know the Big Ten, we talk a lot of crap about the Big Ten, but Michigan looked dominant in that game. And I think this Michigan team this year is a lot better than the Michigan team we saw last year. So that's my first issue. My second issue is I don't know how you put a two-loss Alabama team ahead of a two-loss Tennessee team. And I know we lost to Carolina. I'm aware of that fact, but it's garbage because we beat, we got the head-to-head. -head. They should be in that sixth spot. But you said it. That's 100% it. The, the, the bad look against South Carolina, when you get blown out by South I know, Carolina. I get it. That I late in the season. I understand it. It doesn't negate just, the fact that we beat them. 100%. You, I had this conversation via Slack at work today because someone wanted to make the same assertion. And so I decided to bullet point out in a oh very respectful Lord. manner. I should be involved. <laughs> I should have just rolled over um, and said, yeah, Tennessee lost Carolina. Fine, whatever. I cannot wait to that. hear this. Oh, oh, I should have said It's not just that. Bama's only losses were to top 10 ranked teams. Uh, Bama's only losses right. were on the last play. Their best the win game. has been against Mississippi State. They haven't beaten anybody. And we're a combined four points between the two losses. We have the exact same record, and this is considered one of our worst seasons in 15 years and considered one of Tennessee's best, yet the same record. But you can't put that into consideration. No, it's got to be just, just this year. I'm just trying to... But you know the committee does that. Absolutely. They, and they don't need to. They're they not supposed need, to. They need but to not stop doing to. that crap. Do. But they do. Look at Georgia at number one. You just said it. And, if, if, and, and, and to interrupt you real oh, quick, if Ohio State, who got boat raced again by Michigan... If that had been any other team, any yeah. other team, I guarantee you they would have been probably below Bama I and think Tennessee. if it was like TCU so. or USC. No, they'd be out of the top like, five. See, see we thought. Yeah, you got exploited. You know, Get out of there. Anyway, Absolutely. go ahead. Uh, Paper Tiger. Got blown out by one of the questionable teams in the SEC and like real bad. Uh, and again, this is just things that I'm telling you the committee is going to consider whether we agree with it or not. It's just, it. this is what they do. Reigning Heisman at Bama, now a backup QB at, at Tennessee going into playoffs. Not great. Um, and then depending on where you look, uh, Alabama has, a, has ranked a higher or a more intense strength of schedule <gasps> over UT on several platforms. And where? When you come and you look at um, the Power Index uh, on ESPN, College Football Power Index 2022, uh, we're, we're ahead. Um, so. You know who has the, that I heard, who uh, has the strongest uh, strength of schedule in this list? TCU. Really? Has the. I'm telling you, I think TCU is going to surprise people when we get playoff time. I I'm mean, telling you right now. That's I think it's because happen. all those Big 12 teams were ranked up there and they Fair. all just kept beating each other, but TCU managed to Fair. run the gauntlet. But you look, it's weird. We we just, Clemson's 10-2, and two, Penn State's 10-2, Tennessee's 10-2, Alabama's 10-2. There's so, there's so much that could happen. It's almost like we should expand the playoff to more than four teams. Um, I, I, who wouldn't want to see Tennessee and Bama play again on a neutral site? Who wouldn't want to see Georgia absolutely goat, goat rope Penn State? Like, who doesn't want to see that? Everybody wants Everybody to see that. Wants so I'm, I'm going to surprise you guys a little bit. When when it came out yesterday, I was actually hoping that Georgia would be two. I was hoping that Michigan would be number one. Yeah, because they need something to chase. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think you saw it when Tennessee was ranked number one and they put Georgia at, what, three? 
whatever yeah, it was they were that first season, that first uh, rankings that came out. They're not out. that bad. Yeah, and it's like it's it's motivation. It's uh, it's the disrespect that you feel. You're like, oh, I got I got to prove something or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I was hoping that that would be the case. We didn't get that, so they're just gonna have to you know figure it out. But uh, I don't I don't know. Oh God, <laughs> LSU's gonna find a way to win that ball game Friday and or Saturday, and then and then it's gonna be just nuts though, because that means. Michigan. Let's say, let's let's just go ahead. No, nope, Michigan we'll, goes we'll, we'll, we'll well, talk, but we'll talk, we'll talk. we will because Michigan has to play Purdue, and I know that seems like a joke, but it may not be. So they, the committee is, has, and we said this last week, and maybe even the week before, the committee has painted themselves into a corner with Alabama, where they've put them, because if you know, if TCU loses, if USC loses. You're gonna have two big ten teams. I just there. see, I just see them getting in. I mean, you put them there. So if you have two teams lose, you almost have to put them in because of where you've put them. I think if Michigan or Georgia loses, depends I, on I think what the loss still is. The top four. It depends on how bad the loss is. I still think I, the committee's not gonna let them. And it depends on what everybody else does. If these other teams win, then maybe I don't know. Um, There's so many opportunities. There's a lot of permutations, but. As I say, we get into the to it a little bit more later, but uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, so good, good stuff uh, there, and more to come. Uh, listener feedback. Um, I do have one here. We had uh, takeaways from week thirteen around the SEC. Uh, Jody Hendricks says uh, his takeaway is that Ole Miss has been overrated all season long. Hail State. Obviously, we've got a little bit of bias here, which we encourage on the show, <laughs> but. Um, it is interesting to think about, and the reason I include it, because I, I think there is some uh, validity to this point, where we, we were talking about it earlier, that Ole Miss started off so strong, and then they just collapsed down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you think that they were – I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I, don't, I don't call that overrated. I call that underperforming. Mm. Yeah. Because I think if that team's hitting on all cylinders, doing everything they need to, I think that team's probably 10 wins. And they probably have a, cl- a like a, a chokehold on the SEC West mm-hmm. if if that team plays like it's supposed to. But as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, that team has not done that. They've underperformed. That be coaching. I think that could that could come down to coaching. <laughs> I think they're somewhat evenly matched with State. I yeah. I mean, I I know State won in the Egg Bowl, but it was very very, very close. close. It came down to questionable yeah. coaching decisions. But I think they're very equally matched to them as far as the season goes. Still ticked off. I'm not getting that Tennessee Ole Miss SEC championship. That's what I wanted. My heart needed. Yeah. It. You wanted it too much. I wanted. I wanted mustard bowl version 2.0. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's. Thank go you ahead. for the feedback, Jody. Yes. Thank yes. you. Let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming games. Championship Saturday. Let's get ready to rumble. All that good stuff. Uh, so the first one. So we're going to do the uh, Power Five championships. By the way. Uh, so let's start with the Pac-12 championship. Uh, that is number eleven Utah nine and three seven and two in the Pac twelve versus number four USC eleven and one eight and one in the Pac twelve. This just feels weird to say this, you know, to say the, the uh, different conference when you're saying that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Friday at eight o'clock on Fox from uh, Allegiant Field in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada. Anyway, um, Jesse, your your uh, predictions for Pac twelve championship. As you mentioned earlier, um, my pick'em standing is quite low, and as I mentioned, I'm an agent of chaos. So you will start to see a trend in these picks. Um, I'm gonna go with Utah. 
35-31. That's not an awful pick now, because that's an Utah team that I think beat Florida at the beginning of the season. Or, uh, or they, no, I can't remember Florida, Florida, Florida ended up winning, but they but really? they they found a way to stay in yeah. that game. So. That was a big win for Napier at the beginning. That's of the right, because so, yeah. I remember they were crowing about it. Yeah. They'd be, oh, beat a Pac-12 team. Yeah, you beat a Pac-12 team. Um, yeah, that's not a awful pick. It's not awful. I don't hate that pick. I'm manifesting. No. For me, I, I think USC is going to find a way to get this thing done. Um, my father-in-law is a USC fan, so we talked about it on the when, last week when we were on the cruise. Um, you know, he's pretty confident USC is going to find a way to win this game. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know because I haven't watched enough Pac-12 football. I don't have a foggiest idea who's going to win this ball game, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that USC finds a way to get it done. They're going to sneak into the playoff. They're going to win this game 35-34, and then they're going to get boat raced by either Michigan or Georgia. So, you know, um, USC's only loss of the season was against Utah. Um, and as we know, it's difficult mm. to beat the same team twice it is. in one season. Um, so I'm going with USC here, 35-31. <clears throat> so, okay. I like that pick. Um, let's move to the Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship, and that is number 10, Kansas State, 9-3, 7-2 in the Big 12 versus number 3, TCU, 12-0, 9-0 in the Big 12. That is Saturday at noon on ABC from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, which is, what, 11 o'clock their time? It's an early early kick. Yeah. Because I guess Big 12 might be uh, might be used to that. Um, all right, so, uh, Jesse, your, your thoughts on the Big 12 championship. Let's continue. <laughs> Kansas State, 31-28 in a close one. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to continue to stay with my trend of picking the people that are supposed to win these ballgames. <laughs> um, TCU's managed to get through the Big 12, which, granted, is not the greatest conference in football, but they've managed to get through it unscathed. They've had a couple of close games. Mm-hmm. Um, they've found ways to win, and good teams find ways to win. So I'm going to stick with TCU in this one. I'm going to say 38-28 TCU. All right, yeah, I, uh, I have TCU as well. A little bit closer, though. Um, I'm going to go uh, 31-28. to 28. I think this one's a little bit of a nail-biter, but they, uh, they get it done. Um, the uh, Big Ten Championship is uh, Purdue at 8-4, 6-3 in the Big Ten versus number two, Michigan, 12-0, 9-0 in the Big Ten. That is 8 o'clock on Fox from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. So... Jesse, your thoughts on that's the Big That's a fun Ten. stadium to play in. That's a, that's a cool place to Georgia be. Georgia fans remember it well. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun place to be. Big Ten Championship's fun. Um, Purdue, y'all come through <laughs> for me, um, which is possible because we read a stat today that said the Purdue coach is Jeff actually 3-0 and against um, top-ranked teams when he plays them. So top I'm, three, right? Yeah. Top three teams, yeah. Top three when he plays them. So I'm gonna pick the Boilermakers in this one, and uh, it's it's gonna be a close one. But I'm picking them 28-24. Matt, again, I, I watched parts of the OSC or OSU UM game. I've, I've I've watched a couple. I've kept an eye on Michigan this season because one, I want to take a moment to talk about the fact that their color scheme is fantastic. The blue and the yellow look great. Those helmets are lovely. I've always liked their their their, their look. Yeah. Um, I don't care much for for steak and milk boy, but understand that I think that Michigan looks better this season than they did last season. So I think they're going to walk through this just fine. I say Michigan wins this thing forty two twenty. But you don't completely hate Harbaugh like you used to. It's waning only because he hasn't said anything stupid lately. No, lately. No. No raps lately. Now, yeah. if he comes out and says something dumb about the SEC again, then then we'll crank it back up. But. Yeah. 
Um, so I think uh, Michigan's favored by like 17 in this one or something like that. Uh, multiple scores. I think I actually think this one's going to be kind of close. Uh, I got Michigan winning this one 28 to 24. So uh, close game there. Um, all right, next is uh, the Subway ACC Championship. That is uh, nine, number nine, Clemson at 10 and two, eight and zero in the ACC versus number 23, North Carolina, nine and three, six and two in the ACC. Jesse, your prediction for ACC Championship. Carolina's coming off of a heartbreaking loss to NC State this past weekend in the last minute. That's their, a great finish, by the way. Their that was a great kicker game. just hooked it. I mean, and he was devastated. So I think that propels them. Um, I know Clemson also just lost as well in rivalry week, but I think this Clemson team is beatable. And again, I am manifesting nothing but chaos. So I am going to pick the Tar Heels 28 to 27. Yeah. Here's, here's what I want. I, I, I've always liked Mac Brown. Mac He's the same age as Nick Saban. Fun fact. He does not look it. Um, oh, he does not. <laughs> poor Mac Brown. Um, uh, you know, Mac Brown made his bones originally at Carolina before he got hired at Texas. He had he won a national championship at Texas, and then they, for some reason, fired him. I still have. Or, no, he retired, didn't he? Did he retired. I think he, he was fired. encouraged to retire. They, 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 encouraged. They, they told him to clean out his desk, or else yeah. they're going to have fun. Wait, what year did he win um, Natty there? Was it 2000? Was that uh, Vince Young against USC? Vince, it was in the Rose Bowl, oh, 2004. Okay. I think it was. Think so. It was a great game. Yeah. Um, so. I have a soft spot in my heart for Mac Brown. I also don't really care much for Dabo. He's a bit whiny for my taste. Yeah. I don't like that in my football coaches. Just the shut up and go. blue is pretty. Um, and the blue is lovely. Um, there's a lot of factors that make me want to pick UNC in this game. And so I am going to pick UNC. So we're going to go with UNC in this game. Oh, I'm going to say UNC gets the upset. I'm going to say they win 35-32. Wait, no, no, no. Sorry. 321. Yeah. No. Wait. No. Wait for it. 28. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm going to stick with Clemson, I think. Um, but it is a close one. I'm going to go with Clemson here, 31 to 28. <clears throat> all right. And save the best for last. Let's uh, talk about the SEC championship. Oh, is that happening this weekend? Yeah, that is happening. Uh, LSU versus Georgia at 4 o'clock on CBS from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, preview topics. This will be the 31st SEC championship game. The first two were played at Legion Field in Birmingham. Such a great play. Then came the move to Atlanta where the Georgia Dome, Dome hosted from uh, 94 to 2016. Then Mercedes-Benz became the site in 2017. Uh, for the fifth time, Georgia and LSU square off for the conference crown. The only meeting that has been more frequent is Florida and Alabama, who have played each other ten times in the SEC championship. Uh, the uh, LSU Tigers making their seventh SEC championship game appearance all since 2001. LSU is 5-1 and one in their prior six, including a 3-1 and one record against Georgia. Georgia making its tenth trip to the SEC championship game with a 3-6 and six record in the title contest, along with three losses to LSU. The Bulldogs have lost three times to Bama. The wins came against Arkansas in 02, LSU in 05, and then Auburn in 2017. Um, so this is interesting because Georgia kind of found themselves in this situation last year, and it kind of bit them, where they knew that they could lose to, to Bama and still be in the playoff. Uh, so the question is, will they be complacent in this game as well, or will they learn from that? Um, and then is LSU fired up after that embarrassing loss? I don't know. What do you guys think, Jesse? What do you think? 
It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what I'm manifesting, Wes. <laughs> doesn't matter. We're, we're not doing logic here. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you make this claim, you can't... I know you're behind in the pick but your pride has to be like, I have to at least be right about this. No. You can't do that, Jesse. You cannot. The pick doesn't matter anymore. What matters is an Alabama CFP. And that's and I not going to happen. this to happen. It's not going to happen. That's what I'm here for. It's not going to. I understand that. I'm an intelligent person. This won't happen. But the chance is never zero. As we saw this past week. So I'm going with the Tigers. 21 to 20. This is pandering to get the LSU fans back on our side. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> but let me know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Nice. Matt, uh, listen, this is an LSU team that just lost to one of the worst A&M games, we, or A&M teams that we've seen in the last 30 or 40 years. This is an LSU team that got boat raced in their own stadium by Tennessee. Um, this is also a team that lost to Florida State to open the season. I don't see them finding a way to win this game. I hope they do. I really hope that that happens because, one, I hate Georgia, and two, I want to see the chaos. But with that being said, I don't see it happening. I think Georgia's offense is going to be, especially their run game, is just going to be way too prolific in this game. I'm going to go ahead and pick Georgia to win this thing big. It is going to be a snooze fest. Uh, and I'm going to say it's 42-14, and LSU doesn't score that second touchdown until well into the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, or the first and never score again. That's a good point, too. Well, um, I would love that. <laughs> but um, I think this one is going to be a little bit more defensive-minded than uh, Vegas is thinking. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with UGA 31-14, but like I'm telling you, like so you talked about how LSU struggled against A&M. I mean, you could argue the same thing could happen this week. I mean, you never underestimate your opponent. Uh, and then LSU, again, I think they're going to be, not only are they fired up, but losses expose what you need to work on. Um, and so I think they, they have that going for them. So I just think you can't underestimate them. If the dogs come out complacent like they did last year, um, no, no shade to Bama. Obviously, they played well and, and deserved to win because they played well enough to do so. But um, I think the dogs really showed that they were complacent in that one. I think if they do that again, it's going to be a long day. And depending on what other teams do, you got possibly a crazy conversation afterwards. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Let's see what happens. If LSU finds a way to win that ball game and the chaos happens, let's take a look at the CFP rankings because I'm curious how this would work. Yeah. I think Georgia will slide to four. Okay. Let's say Michigan wins, they slide up to one. Let's say TCU wins, they would slide up to two. USC would win, they'd slide up to three. The question is, are you going to take the one-loss Ohio State team that's going to end up playing Michigan again? No, I'm sorry. I can't do math. Ohio State's still out, right? Yes. Because they're Georgia number slides, five. Georgia would slide to if four. Georgia, if Georgia's four, yeah. yes. So Ohio State, Bama have to hope that TCU or USC lose. Absolutely. And you got to hope for... Yeah, you got to hope for that. Yeah. If, now, if both those teams lose, let's, let's really get crazy. Um, let's say that Michigan loses to Purdue. We'll just go ahead and keep Georgia at one just for kicks and giggles. So let's say Michigan loses to Purdue. TCU loses to Kansas State. USC finds a way to win. Let's just pretend that for a minute. So that means Georgia would stay at one. USC would go to two. 
would that mean Ohio State would be three and Michigan would be four? Or would it be Michigan at three and Ohio State at four? I think Bama can't get in. I don't think I don't see it happening. But you would have to have both TCU and USC lose. Probably. But I think it also is dependent on how they lose, too. Because yes. you, they're they're playing ranked teams, highly ranked teams, except for Michigan, who's playing an unranked Purdue. But, um, like, do they just completely, you know, get blown out by these teams? That probably would dictate if they drop out or not. Here's the other thing that makes me wonder. If, if, if the chaos does reign, do they take a two-loss Alabama team over a one-loss Ohio State team? That's the biggest question I think right now that I everyone's asking. Think, I think they do when you look at those two losses. I think they would. They're Ohio they State. <laughs> so salty. That might be worth the chaos just to watch the fallout from the OSU fan base. But with, but with two inactive teams, how do you do that? You basically say, we were wrong. I'm sorry, we were wrong the week prior. We were just kidding about those rankings. They've done it before. <laughs> I mean, they have done that before. They did it a couple years ago. They with, did it when, um, when Auburn uh, and Georgia were in the SEC championship yeah. and Bama went. I don't know. I just they they, I think did that, that. Didn't Ohio State get passed over for a four spot at some point? I thought they did. Probably. I think they did at some point. They've done it a couple times. Yeah, it was because. It, I think that was the year Bama got in over Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. exactly that, where we didn't yeah. play in a conference championship, and it may have been 17. Was that when Herb Street walked off the stage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember. He was big mad. Yeah. Things get weird. Yeah, so... This is all going to be a moot point in another couple of years, so... Yes. Yeah. And they we're thankful. They won't have anything to talk about anymore. Herb Street won't have a reason to walk off the stage. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so... I mean, number 12 is is certainly a smaller argument than an, uh, an argument between number four and number five. So, yeah. um, And then, you know, shock of all shocks, the teams actually get to play it out on the field. So, <laughs> um, But it'll cheapen the regular season, Wes. It won't. No, I have never understood that argument. It makes no sense to me. How are you going to be against more football? Good football, I'm like definitely. great teams fighting each other in the in right. the play in the playoff. We it works in the NFL, it works in the NBA, it works in the NHL, it works literally in every other sport. Well, MLB, especially we've got a whole wild yeah. card. If you're dealing with the uh, possibility of buys, where seeding matters and all that stuff, so it's not like you have nothing to play for anymore. You're still trying to get that top spot, and the game still means something. So, and if you get a buy in the first round of the playoff, that's a big because that gets you an extra week to prep, an extra week to plan, an extra week to do recover. That. Like, Less yeah. injuries. Like yeah. you get a chance to get some people back. Like that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Or some teams could, like they do sometimes, get, flat. get sleepy. Yeah, and I know it's not the same sport, but look at what uh, happened to the Braves this year. So, uh, why would you bring that? I know, away? I know, I know. Sorry. Uh, anyway, one thing we can all agree on. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we have any more? Anything else that you guys want to say? Okay. Will, if you're listening, don't go. Don't go. We don't want you to. I mean, go to I, personally, I personally don't care. You do your thing. But for your own career, I feel like you need another year. Go to another school. Concur. Go hang out with Spencer Rattler. Apparently, he's figured out how to do the quarterback. He's figured something out. Go to out. Oklahoma. That would, uh, I don't know if you would even want to go to Oklahoma. I still say Oregon up, would be the perfect fit for him. Put up numbers. Look is, what look is, what happened to Bo Nix. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's is Nix is he done after this? He's season? a senior, yeah. I think. Of course, I guess yeah. he. And does it, he get it, drafted? With the, I mean, he's had a pretty good season with the numbers that he puts up. I oh, think he has a better team. chance. Oh. I don't know. I think he's got a chance to get drafted. I don't know. 
All right, well, uh, if you'd like to contact us, please hit us up on email at pigskinsandpeasantry at gmail.com. Uh, we are at pigskinsandpeasantry on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we are at PPSEC Podcast on Twitter. Don't forget we're available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, other podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. We're also Amazon Music and iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment, subscribe, and review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Five stars, we would love that. So... Uh, until next time, this is Wes. Go dogs. Roll Utah, Kansas State, Purdue, UNC, and roll Tigers. Roll. Um, and just roll Tide. Listen, <laughs> I want an Orange Bowl, and I want either Clemson or UNC. So I would prefer UNC. So let's get that done. Go balls. Or Sugar Bowl. I'll take a Sugar Bowl. Oh, see, so we don't like the Sugar